Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Series all knotted up at two games apiece as it shifts back to Rogers' place for game five tomorrow night here on 6.30. Chad, it's Brendan Escott and Cam Moon alongside for hour number two of Oilers Now. It's brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. You can call us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. That's where we're going next. 780 780- 4960063 River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it that number again 7804960063 is the Ashley Fine Floors text line as well you can get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors 143rd Street 111th Avenue open Monday to Saturday now our next guest here I am pleased to announce, I think we already did this a little bit, but I'm pleased to announce he's going to be recurring for as long as this playoff run goes on, maybe even a little bit longer. It is George LaRocque joining us for Contract Equipment, Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rentals and sales. George, you're on with Brendan and Cam. How's it going today? Awesome. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, my man. I'm going to let you have the floor for a minute and just sort of give me your thoughts, your take on what was an absolutely thrilling end to Game 4 to tie up the series. Well, I'm going to tell you that it was not thrilling for me because when we were down 3 nothing, I was panicking and I was like, what is going on? And I never thought that in L.A., being down 3 nothing, that we would come back. Um, you know, I was not happy about how things were going. And and I know that Skinner, he does whatever he can, and he's, he's a young rookie, and, and it's a lot to ask for a first year to, to, to take the fort like that. And that was bound to happen, but not at that moment because it's so important. Like, we, we need to tie it up. Like, if we lost that game yesterday, it would have been over. And we know that. You can't be down 3-1 to the Kings and, and then, you know, going back and then hoping that you can win the series. So it was a crucial win. And that's why the fact that the second part, the guys came back, show character, that was awesome because I knew at that moment when they came back, it was over. The Kings, in their mind, that, like, we broke them. We broke their spirit because when you're at home and you're up 3 nothing, you should never lose that game. And what the others did in the second period uh, to come back like this and when they lose the game, for them, they lost a huge opportunity because they know if they win that game, they win the series. But now, that momentum of the others coming back, winning like that over there, coming back at home, I'm telling you that for game five, the fans in Edmonton will be very loud, very excited. But if you went back to Edmonton down 3-1, the fans would, yeah, they would be loud, but they would be worried. So it's not the same. The fact they come back, it carries on the momentum that makes it easier. The fifth game, it's not the same pressure that you have. You're not playing for, like, facing elimination. So you're playing way more loose when it's 2-2 as if you're down 3-1. And that's why I think that that win is kind of like a serious clincher for the others, thinking that now, if there was any doubt in uh, the Kings' uh, head right now, there is a big one because... The big win the others did, a lot of character, and I think that from now on, we're going to be rolling. 
Well, I'll tell you, George, the uh, Rogers place last night for the watch party and out in the plaza after they scored, it went absolutely crazy. So you can imagine what tomorrow is going to be like in that building. Oh, no, man. Edmonton is like, for the, the thing is, contrary to, to, you know, look at uh, the Montreal Canadian or the Maple, the Maple Leaf, the fan in, in Edmonton, they're, they're like true blue-collar fan. They yell, they scream, they paint their face, and they're loud. In Montreal and Toronto, there's a lot of guys wearing suits that don't yell. They don't do anything. They don't even come to the game sometimes. And those sections are empty. In Edmonton, we're so passionate that, you know, people, they're like, they're paying for the tickets, they're showing up to the game, they're screaming, they're yelling. They spend as much energy as the player on the ice because they scream so much. And we know that. And that gives wings to the players when, you know, you, you feel the energy of the crowd like that. And that's why yesterday's win, just to come back and then in front of your fans back to two, the fans going to show them the appreciation about the fact that they're back in the series because this is a reason why home ice advantage is a huge advantage when you play in the playoff play at home because it gives you wings. It makes you stronger. It makes you better. It, it's unreal. Like, the noise, it makes a huge difference. And, yeah, the way that, you know, the rake is built, the sound is not as loud as it used to be as sky reach. Uh, because it was more more closed down, kind of like the Seahawks Stadium, the way it, it is for the sound. But it's still pretty loud, and it's still pretty exciting. And, and I'm pretty sure the guys are excited to come back at home knowing that they've tied it to two. George, I want to get your thoughts on specifically the, the gamesmanship, your assessment of how each of these teams has been either maybe a little undisciplined out of the gates or, or to, to where Edmonton, I thought, played a very disciplined game for the most part last night. And conversely, you know how, how Los Angeles has sort of been, in my assessment, I would say working the referees, but I've got my Oilers glasses on. But what do you think? What, what's your assessment of the gamesmanship? Okay, well, the referees sometimes, I don't know what they're going to call or what they're not calling. I, I don't understand them a lot of times. Uh, you know, th- that other game when they give a penalty to Dry Seidel that really hurt the team, um, that little slashing really touched the guy. But then Dano, David, and there's no call. So I, it, the referees is inconsistent because we know that in the playoff, usually you don't want to call anything. You want to let the physical play and you let a lot of things go by. But now I think that the league has uh, told the referee that they want him to be more severe. So then the end of the game, it's not a brawl after every game that the team is losing to prepare the next game. Like, I don't know. But there's a lot of inconsistencies right now in the playoff. And you don't want... The thing is, with referees in hockey... It's the only sport, I think, in hockey that referee controls the game. What that means is that the referee will always give a chance to the other team to come back. You know, sometimes when we call about even, like, making even calls and, and finding ways to make it uh, even and helping another team, like, when you pull the goalie, you know that uh, you could get away with murder, like, because they're not going to call anything because they're going to give you a chance to come back and they don't want to give a penalty that that's going to end the game if you're losing by one, stuff like this, unless you do something really flagrant. So anyway, that's why it's like, yeah, it's easy to say that referee has been inconsistent, but the thing, though, regarding that is I think it's the same for both sides, on both teams. 
There's some times where against Hamilton, we thought it wasn't fair. And sometimes against the other team, it wasn't fair. So at least since it's inconsistent for both teams, it's okay. But the only thing, though, if you lose a series because of a, or a like a playoff series, or an ultimate game because of something like that, then it would be terrible. Absolutely. But, well, yeah, whatever it is, it is. If you get a call against you, well, you better figure out a way to kill off that exactly. penalty. Yeah. yeah. George, when you, you look at the the makeup of the Oilers and and their ability to really play a heavy physical game, and whether that's the addition of Matthias Ekholm and Nick Bugstad or the the physicality of Clem Costin or Evander Kane or Darnell Nurse, how important do you think that's been to the team's success? Well, in the best of seven is the key because in the playoff, the bigger team, the most physical team is the team that is going to be more fresh. And then also, often we say physical, you, you, physical play is what's going to slow down a team that's what's going to slow down superstars. But the thing is, the fact that the others could play that game and they have big guys, it's intimidating because Edmonton is fast and at the same time, they have big guys. And then, because after an 82-game season, everybody's hurt. Nobody's 100%. But when you have big guys, it's much easier to go through a playoff series as small guys that got 82-game season in their body, and then now you go in in a battle where it's even more physical. So it's an advantage to have big guys with skill because then it, it makes it easier. The wear and tear the series has on your body, it just makes it easier to go through that game in and game on. We talked earlier in the show about the impact that uh, Evander Kane specifically has had on Edmonton's forecheck, but you look at, at what Warren Fogle has done in there to crash and bang on the defense. Zach Hyman, another one. Nick Bugstad, I think, George, has been an excellent addition in that regard for this team. Um, do you think that this is uh, it's part of the strategy, I suppose, when they're kind of bogging down the neutral zone? I guess you just push it past the defenseman and go, and go lay a hit in the corner. Not necessarily Edmonton's bread and butter but they've found a way at least to eke a couple of wins out of this and and uh, I, I don't even really know where I'm going with this question do you see Edmonton sort of having modified their play a little bit to sort of work with what LA's given them in that sense but see, it depends right yesterday when they were down a couple goals they reunited uh, you, you know dry saddle and McDavid and it worked but the thing is you don't want to put them together all the time because they only have one nine to neutralize. And actually, you want to separate the best players to get it to have two one, two number one top lines that could be a threat. So, but they put them together because they did the goals and it worked. But the thing is, with the other lines, they have to find ways to create something without any turnovers. And because they have big guys that are in there, they throw the puck down there, they go get it, they use the physical play. What that does is important because you wear down the opposition. You wear down the B, the opposition D, and then you skill guys after when they go back on the ice. Those guys are more tired because you're through the fourth liner. They keep making it hard on them. They don't, do, they don't create turnovers. They force you to go back get the puck. They force you to getting hit. And every time, and every time, and every shift. So it's hard. And after, like, after a period of that, and then you have to face Connor and Leon, you're tired. You know, it's hard on you. It's hard physically. And you're like, oh, my God, not again. And that's why those big guys are important because you win playoff with your third and fourth line often because they make a difference in terms of the wear and tear and you get the big extra goal sometimes. And, you know, you look at Zach Hyman's goal 
um, you know, it was so crucial. It was a bad goal by Corpusano, but it doesn't matter, we'll take it. Um, you know, that's what you win with. Guys like that, unsung heroes, guys that you might not expect all the time, quite. The, the thing, though, is with Zach Hyman, he's done so much in regular season, so we know we can get big goals out of him, but but it's hard. It's hard. He, he has a hard side of the lion, the way that he plays, and, and he's amazing. And, and even, uh, you talked about even the king, tying up goal that he did, the perfect shot right under the bar was so important because, you know, you come back from three goals, you're down four, three again, and you need to tie it up again. They never stop. Everybody, uh, you know, on this team right now are finding a right role. The only question mark that I have is the goalie. I, I'm pretty, I assume that Campbell's going to start game five. I hope that Campbell could figure it out and be really solid because he could he, he could make us forget about the regular season if he has solid playoff because we need to win game five. He has to be solid. He was solid when he replaced Skinner. So they're going to give him a chance probably and hopefully could make the big save. Uh, let me ask you this. So you, that's who you think that they're going to go with. Is that who you would go with if you were the coaching staff? No, I would not go with him. I would, I would still go with Skinner because uh, of everything that he's done this year, uh, I would feel like he's more stable. The thing with, with when I looked at Campbell yesterday, he did a key save to save to keep it at 4-3 uh, uh, towards the end of the game. But he looks like he's juggling a lot with the puck. He's still as confident as not there 100%. When, when Skinner is more proper. So that's why I, I would... Skinner, for what he's done towards the end of the season, um, you know, is more sure. And no, he had a bad game yesterday, bad start, okay. But, you know, I, I still think he's the number one goalie. But I don't know what they're going to go with. Like, they, when yesterday, did, Campbell did enough, so you want to give him a chance. I'm not sure. I would go with Skinner, but I would not be surprised if Campbell would be in. Yeah, I, I, think, I think they'll they go. Said, I, they said who's going in? I, no, I, they haven't yet. No. Campbell spoke today. Skinner didn't, so read into that what you'd like, but they have not said anything definitely. My guess is it'll be Skinner. That's just my guess. I, I'm with yeah. George on this. Uh, yeah. George, what do, you, what do you think the game's going to be like? What do you think game five is 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 going to... Like, what do you think the Oilers are going to bring for game five? I, I, like, I think we're going to win game five. I think the front fans will be uh, fired up. We're going to win game five. Unfortunately, I think we're going to lose game six, and we're going to win it in seven in Edmonton. Um, I, I, I hope we win it in six, but I just don't know. Uh, just the way that the Kings, I hate the way that they're playing. That team is boring. I hate them. I hate how Dino's <laughs> playing McDavid. I don't like it. Um, you know, like, he's, he's in his head all the time. Um, it, it's harder on him. I, I, at least it frees up Dreisaitl. Like, who would have thought that at this point of the season, Dreisaitl would be the most valuable player for the others right now at this moment? It's unreal. That's what that does when you're the two best centers in the NHL. If one is neutralized, stop both of them. So, at least, you know, they're, they're working, they're, they're contributing. And uh, Dreisaitl's on fire with his goals yesterday. So, uh, But, yeah, we're winning game five for sure at home. But we'll see about game six. <laughs> the Georges Larocque guarantee. Appreciate the time today, my friend. Thanks so much. We'll Any, chat next any, week. Anytime, brother. All right. George Larocque for Contract Equipment, Canada's premium, premium heavy equipment dealer with rentals. 
and sales. You heard it here first. Yeah, I, I like the confidence. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's press pause. We'll come back with some more of your texts. 780-496-0063. Brendan and Cam with you today on Oilers Now. Bob in transit back to Edmonton along with the Oilers. Two wins, two losses. Best of three now and it starts tomorrow night on 6.30, Chad, 7.30 puck drop, is that correct? I do believe, yes. I do believe as well, which means 5.30 for your City Ford face-off show. Uh, guests on Oilers now receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. And... Uh, what better time to talk about our friends at Brent Ridge Ford and their President's Awards for customer satisfaction. We tell you about that all the time, as well as their full transparency and their customer care after the purchase. But another big factor in their success, like any great franchise, is stability. Here's some legacy-level stats. How about the same owner since 1987? And Johnny, he started washing cars back in 07. He's now the assistant general manager. We, we know that Cam Moon knows from personal experience the whole Brent Ridge Ford staff is committed to ensuring your customer experience is a positive one. Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Isn't that right? Good people at Brent Ridge Ford. Good people. Love it. Love going out there. Love having... Hmm. It's... It sounds like you're... I mean, Doesn't it though? The red light's on. They are great people though. How about now? Still sound off? Still sounds off. I'm getting the thumbs down. So why don't we let Randy Kilburn give you the updates, Global News Weather Traffic Update. We'll try and figure this out, and we'll chat with Jamie Thomas. We've got the Jets trying to claw even with the Golden Knights a little later on this evening. Brendan and Cam in on Oilers now today.